0: This long, exhausting season of Beverly Hills is finally over, and somebody finally throws a party in New York that looks like my kind of crowd. And whoo, there was a competition this week in Potomac to see who was going to be the messiest. A little hint, we, the viewing audience, were the winners. It's your weekly Housewives Roundup episode of Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2, right after this. <music> is up you guys we got kind of a a jam-packed week to talk about mostly with beverly hills it was a finale and with uh i was about to say new york not new york with potomac as well you know potomac just delivers week after week after week this episode not only was it hilarious it was drama filled But first, of course, you know, we got to go through our week in chronological order. So let's go ahead and start in Beverly Hills. Let me start off by saying, I know I don't give Beverly Hills the credit that they deserve all the time. You know, I've been very vocal about how I feel like that cast really needs a shake up. I mean, there are probably three or four people I would keep and the other ones I would get rid of, start fresh. Maybe bring in a veteran to come back. You know, the way they do charade on uh, the Housewives of Atlanta, I really feel like they need a a shakeup. But with that being said, I felt like this was a fantastic finale. I mean, they were breaking the fourth wall left and right. I couldn't keep up. I had to watch the episode twice, once just to enjoy it, and the next time to take notes for this podcast. My God. I mean, they left and right. It felt like, You were in the editing room and you should have like cut this stuff out, but they left it in, which is, of course, who doesn't love a good fourth wall break? I mean, my God, you know, with this podcast, I don't do kind of the traditional reviewing of episodes. We kind of hit the main point and then I kind of veer off on my own little, you know, topics that I want to talk about. So one of the big things that happened on this episode was Dorit's housewarming. I don't want to necessarily talk about the new house. It was gorgeous, by the way. I mean, if you got that kind of money, spend it. I mean, that's a house. If I get that kind of money one day, you know, if y'all support this damn podcast, then, you know, I, I that's the kind of house I want. I, I mean, you know, Dorit has taste anyway. That house from start to finish was stupendous. But the main point is, the, the, the reason we need to talk about this was twofold, both involve, involving Garcelle. The first one is... Garcelle gets stood up by Denise twice this week. The first time is when she's going to Doreen's housewarming. You know, they're supposed to meet up. Garcelle and Michael are in the car. She goes to get Denise. She's waiting outside for the longest time ever. She's just sitting there. And then... Denise had them waiting so long. Garcelle was talking to that man in the car about diamonds, knowing damn well she was going to break up with him a week later. Ain't that some shit? Garcelle, I ain't mad at you. I mean, hell, if I got to sit here with you, Tim, you going to propose or something, I'll move you in. Just let me know what's going on. I'll get you, Hell. I mean, what the hell else are we going to talk about right now? This girl got us out here waiting. Aaron ain't picking up the phone. Her phone going straight to voicemail. I mean, uh, let's discuss marriage, I guess, knowing damn well she was going to break up with him. Now, honey, that was a key key, but it w- we'll talk about that later. Garcelle finally makes it to the party. This was after, like, the Reet's big festivities happened. She had, like, a magic show or something like that. Random fact about me, ever since Justin Willman's show on Netflix, uh, oh, what's it called, uh, something human magic with humans i have been like obsessed with magic so like i was watching that like baffled like oh my god what are you doing like a third you know like a, a three-year-old child i loved it though but most i don't know if them grown ass people there. you know I'm, I'm grown but you know they grown grown you know they they you know they got a real handle on they finances. you know every now and then the bill collectors got to call my ass to see where i'm at so you know i'm grown but not grown grown but garcelle came after that fact she gets there and then they all kind of start talking about uh why Denise isn't with her because they were all expecting Denise to come with her. The big point is they all sat down, you know, we're about to have some little appetizers and talk. Garcelle says, uh, if asks them is if Brandy's coming to the party. Everyone's like, no, of course not. Why, you know, why would she come to the party? The reason, like, you know, I'm not friends with her like that. Moments later. Brandy walks in. Now, see, that's why Garcelle has to constantly cuss y'all asses out. Garcelle, I understand. She like now, look, she like she's like Wendy and Potomac. She's like I don't deal with fake bitches like you. She sat there and she's like, oh, well, okay. Let me ask a question. Who is that tall woman over there that just walked in? Everybody looks over. It's Brandy and Kim. Now all of a sudden, everybody's shocked. They're gasping. What? Who is? Th- what is happening? Who? Th- Who invited? Th- oh, Nad. See that, I I understand why the hell Garcelle has to cuss y'all out all the time. I mean, my God. Garcelle, (laughs) she kept it cute. She like, that's the reason why uh, I wasted all my damn gas going over to pick up Denise, knowing damn well she won't come to this party. Side note, Denise Richards is kind of hilarious because she literally texts Every single one of them women saying, "Oh, I'm coming. Don't worry, I'll be there." Oh my God, bells on. Love you. See you, sis. Denise told all those women she was coming to that party, and then stopped answering the phone. See, that's some shit I do. I tell, you, "Oh yeah, I'm coming. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, what's what you having to drink? Yeah, who are I to be there? Knowing damn well I'm gonna be laying on my damn couch, uh, watching John Wick like I always do. <laughs> it's either John Wick or some random ass show on HBO. One of the two. I mean, I, Denise, I'm really not mad at you, though. I mean, well, we can talk about whether I'm mad at you or not. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, you know, mad at you or not. You know, I I go in and out with you, Denise. I'm the kind, okay. So this is what, like, we kind of collectively decided, like, on the Instagram account, uh, in conversations with the other, like, Bravo fan pages and stuff. It, you can be Team Denise without believing Denise's story. Like I I'm kind of believing that her and Brandy slept together. I've made that clear on this. But like I don't like the way that the women have gone about it and I'm definitely team Denise in the situation. So I'm mad at you, but I'm not really mad at you. I'm kind of mad at you, but I'm kind of not mad at you. I want to fight you, but I'm not going to lay a hand on you. You know what I mean? So Denise uh yeah. You know, we'll get to that later. I mean, the way they the way they shocked your ass this episode, I'm not gonna let you have it too hard because Lisa Renner and them producers messy asses. They got you together way more than I ever could. So I'm I'm gonna let you rest right now. With that being said, I I kind of came to a conclusion this week. You know, I mentioned earlier how I'm always kind of hard on Beverly Hills, but I think I figured out why. See, I always talk about Potomac a lot more in depth than I do Beverly Hills or New York. New York usually just because, you know, one week of talking about Dorinda cussing folk out. You know, you do that every single week, so it kind of gets repetitive. But, you know, with them coming up next season, I'm sure I'll have a lot more to talk about since they'll probably have half of an entirely new cast. Beverly Hills, I feel like, And this has been kind of my qualm with them, but I didn't know it was my qualm with them. I feel like Beverly Hills shows none of their personal life. So when we get those little filler scenes of like them doing like a snippet of their job, like, oh, yeah, Teddy's an accountability coach. She's making someone be accountable for three seconds. Oh, uh, Lisa Renner pretends to be an actress. (laughs) Now, see. At this reunion, I want Garcelle's ass to go in on her about being an actress. You know they're beefing right now. I'd be like, Lisa Renner, look, some of us are still getting acting. You, let me let me stop. Garcelle, you got to pay me to uh, write these reads for you. I'm not just going to give you no free shade. If you want some shade, you come to me. My fee is, uh, I charge $100 an hour, just like a psychiatrist. I didn't go to school for that. You know, I got my MBA. I, you know, I'm, I'm just out here full out line with people's accounts and, you know, their monies and stuff, so... You know, they didn't they they didn't teach me that, but I'm still gonna charge you a hundred dollars an hour. I can write you, you know, a good page of notes. You know, you friends with Cynthia, Nene, you know, they can give you some some good pointers, you know, y'all already shot the reunion, so uh I'm a dollar too late. So, you know, we'll we'll see how you did. I'm sure you did well. I'm excited to see. But going back to what I was saying, I really don't feel like they show any of their personal lives. So their individual scenes aren't nearly as strong as their group scenes. I feel like... So, leading up to this season, we saw so much of their personal lives in the tabloids. But it's like they have this kind of unspoken rule that they're not going to talk about it on the show. But the thing is, they afford that courtesy each season to everyone except one person of their choosing. This season, it was Denise. Last season, I don't know who you know... I've never been on the LVP train, but I guess we can say last season it was LVP and then it was Camille, maybe. I'm, I don't know. I feel like with Potomac, you know, we'll go one scene with, uh, you know, Robin and Juan trying to work out their marriage and them, like, re-falling in love. It's been a journey for them. We've seen this journey from them for, you know, five years now and we're invested in it. You know, Giselle crying about... You know, her kids aren't as receptive to her ex-husband as she thought they would be. You know, that's their father. Uh, Karen, you know, talking about the degradation of her marriage with Ray. You know, Wendy uh, trying to, you know, talk on CNN and all these different platforms about the plight of the minorities in the country. and You know, we see all this different stuff with each one of these cast members. They're all so strong. But Beverly Hills, they always for some reason, just ignore everything going on in their personal life. And I believe in their minds, they're giving us enough to be satisfied, but I don't think that's the case at all. Let's think about it. So this leading up to this season, we knew that the Girardis were having some kind of big like lawsuits against them. I think they got out of both of them. I think they settled in each case, but still we didn't see any of that mentioned on the show. Dorit and PK, they talked about that lawsuit that they had. We saw that what once at the beginning of the season when she had that little hat on. <laughs> That's the one thing I remember about that scene. She had that hat on, so I was just like, you know what, it had it out. And and then next thing we knew, they were moving at the end of the season. I feel like we didn't know anything about them moving. Maybe I just maybe I was you know scrolling through Instagram during those things, but I feel like I didn't know about any of that. And it's the same with all the other ladies. I, I'm sorry, this might come off as insensitive, but I the stuff with Lisa Renner and her daughters feels forced. Like, the only thing that we see Lisa Renner talking about is Amelia's eating disorder, which they both claim she doesn't have anymore. And so, you know, even when Garcelle asked about it, you know, it was the passive-aggressive answers, but then it's all this, you know, puffed-up chest and the confessionals and stuff. I don't know, it just feels... If if Beverly Hills is going to make a comeback, they really got to do better about trying to be like old school housewives. And what I mean by that is Potomac feels like early days housewives, like remembering Greg and Nene going through all that stuff they were going through. Teresa Giudici lives out her life entirely on the camera. There has not, I'll argue with anybody about this and the more I talk about Teresa, the more I convince myself that she's number one on the housewives list of all time. Teresa, there has never been a season where she did not show up to work. She has always given you 3,000% of her life every season. She has no choice but to talk about it. Joe is on camera cursing her out. She's getting divorced. She goes to jail. Uh, her kids are here. no no sick. She lost her mother. Teresa's entire life has been shown and that is why she is such an integral part of New Jersey, whereas other OGs in other cities can be replaced because they've gotten so far away from that. Not even just OGs, long-term cast members. If all we care about, see, I give Candy a lot of slack sometimes, too. You know, we all, sometimes we feel like Candy doesn't give enough. Sometimes we feel like she's being a bone collector. But my thing is, everything going on in Candy's life, we always see. You know, she's very business centric, but we always see those businesses coming to life. We see what drama led to that business. Cause with her, it's really funny. Cause all of those businesses start with drama. Like, you know, the welcome to the dungeon tour started with Portia and Phaedra saying that the lady need, you know, was going to rape them in the basement and all this kind of stuff. So they made a whole business out of that. They turned negative into positives. So, they're living out their lives, but they're still giving you the the both the positive and the negative all this stuff. Beverly Hills, I feel like it's the cast that doesn't do that at all. And so I just went on like a 10 minute soliloquy about what they need to change in Beverly Hills and I'm not even done talking about the episode yet. So let me get back to it. So the next big thing that I want to talk about is that fourth wall dinner between Lisa Renna I keep, I always want to call the woman Lisa Ray, <laughs> Lisa Renna. you know what it is? Lisa Renna wears white suits sometimes. And you know, that's Lisa Ray's signature. Lisa Rena. you better get you a white bikini or something. Get out there, lady, the jumpsuits now. The dinner between Lisa Rena, Garcelle, and Dorit, where they talked about, basically, they broke down the camera they were uh, breaking that fourth wall left and right. And you know they were doing it because they kept referring to the actual producers when they were talking about Denise. They were like, oh, well, you know, Denise didn't show up for this. And then, you know, she told the producers that, you know, that is not supposed to happen on, well, it it can happen on reality TV. But, you know, at this point, reality TV has become, oh, I don't want to say so scripted, but so scripted that, you know, we really kind of, We know that if the fourth wall is being broken, it's a real moment happening. These women sitting around so kind of pissed off that Denise hasn't been showing up and delivering that they're literally referencing conversations that they've had with the producers of this show, they're not talking about producers of you know one of Denise Richards, like you know, Bowling the Beautiful or some movie she's shooting. They're talking about the producers of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, somebody hired by Evolution Media. They, I mean, what uh, Denise, this looks really bad. Like they did this finale for you, ooh, and, the, and the worst part is this wasn't even the worst part, Denise. I mean, my god. And then they go on to talk about to talk about how Denise has all these the word that Lisa Renner used was manipulative ways. They talked about how she controls the media. And then they talked about how she specifically posted a picture that was three months old on Instagram the night of the Reed's housewarming party. They called that manipulative because she had the surgery and they were saying that she wanted this kind of sympathy. Now, do I think that's true? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I thought you, you probably thought I was going to say something else. Yeah. I mean, I think it's true. Yeah. I don't, Denise, they're going to have to figure out, you know, what they can do with you because it seems like, you know, Garcelle is still on your side, but even the fans online were kind of side eyeing you a little bit. Like, you know, your diehard fans like, well, damn, wait a minute. We were riding for you and, uh, Garcelle. Why the hell are you standing her up? That's what to be your friend. At least tell her why you didn't. And then. Garcelle mentions, oh, she told me that she didn't want me to lie for her. Denise, it's it's looking bad for you. It's all looking real bad for you, which leads up to the biggest confrontation of the episode. Denise wants to meet with Lisa Renna. She talks to Aaron, says she's going to stop by her house. She gets there. And just a little bit of tea for y'all. So one of the people I follow on Instagram, uh, a really cool guy, his name is Christian Gray Snow. He works in production, and so he has friends on the cast. Not the cast, sorry. He has uh, friends behind the scenes of some of the Housewives shows. And so that scene with Lisa Rinna and with uh, Denise Richards was actually shot like two or three months after the fact. After they were done filming for the season, like after Dorit's party, they basically told Denise, "This is, none of this is on the episode, but they uh, just a little background for you guys. They basically told Denise, like, look, if you want any chance of coming back next season, we need some more out of you. You've got to go ahead. You've got to come here, have this confrontation. You guys need to talk this out. Your friend wants to work it out. You need to show up and actually film this scene. So then Denise goes over to Lisa Renner's house. It basically starts off. They're sitting on the couch. Denise says, did you know Brandy was going to be there? Obviously, we knew that this was going to be Denise's big issue because she revealed to Garcelle that, you know, I I found out that Brandy was going to be at that party and all the women were acting like they didn't know. Of course, it, it kind of feels like Real Housewives of Atlanta, you know, all the drama last season with Kenya and uh, Cynthia and Nene, where they were like, I got to pretend like I didn't know Kenya was coming, which feels like kind of more of a, a production thing than a slight to Nene thing. But. You know, we could argue about that all day long. It just felt, you know, they were trying to figure out, you know, what was going on, but... She asked them if you knew Brandon was going to be there and Lisa's like no, which I believe I don't know if Lisa knew that or not but the way she did it, at least her acting was convincing enough. <laughs> that wasn't See, that wasn't Lifetime, Lisa Renner. That was Hallmark, Lisa Renner. You know, she did a little more, a little more than she gives in those Lifetime movies. You know, those Hallmark movies sometimes they demand a little more, you know, mm, you know, as long as it's not a Christmas movie. Them Christmas movies still kind of let me stop you know I might I might want to try to get a sponsorship from Hallmark one day and then people go back and listen to this episode and fire my black ass so she then talks about Lisa says well Brandy came to the baby shower and Denise you've been lying to us you say you've talked to her like a total of four times Brandy had text message after text message after text message after text message of you two talking and she's like, well, you know, that's when Denise gives that excuse, like, you know, they gotta. Ask. I, Denise is drunk in those confessionals, first of all. I don't, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but Denise looks half sleep, drunk. I don't know what she has been drinking, if it's Tito's or Hennessy, but whatever the hell it is, bitch, I take two shots. <laughs> Denise looks like she was feeling good in them confessionals. I mean, how damn. So they, you know, she gives her that excuse saying. Well, you know, everyone she can download an app and she can make her own messages and yada yada yada. Now, look, Denise, I'm on your team, but ooh, Denise, that that's a little fish in that. I, I don't, Denise, you got to come up with a better excuse than that. Just say like we were casual friends or something. I don't know. But then Lisa, this is when it gets kind of juicy. Lisa says, uh, "Well." The big thing we want to know is why haven't you confronted Brandy about any of this? She says, well, I'm not going to give any life to that. Then Lisa says, well, is that how you make all your problems go away? Denise says, well, you know, I've done some other things, but I, you know, I don't want to talk about that. And then that's when Lisa dropped that bomb that had Denise's face on stuck. I mean, stuck on stool. I'm t- I'm sorry, Denise, but stuck on stupid Lisa says, oh, you're talking about the cease and desist letters? You just send out cease and desist letters? Denise Richards didn't say a word. I'm talking about that face was stuck. Finally, she said, who told you that? Look, that was a mess. They finally get to a place where they act like they were going to be friends, but I doubt all of that. That, now, see, I will say, though, because y'all know me, I like... My idea of a great housewife are the ones that show up and show out. I like the ones that you can clearly see are contributing to the show. Denise Richards makes that a little hard sometimes. Cast members it reminds me of like the reunion uh Phaedra's last reunion in Atlanta where she uh candy had sent the cease and desist letter to Portia. And then Portia was like, "Well, since I can't talk about it because you hit me with a cease and desist, I'll defer to the person that told me, Phaedra." And that's when everybody, you know, was so shocked. I hate lawsuits and cease and desist letters amongst housewives. I think that is the biggest crappy ass cop out to anything else. I mean, if you're if you're gonna be sending cease and desist letters, it might not be the show for you. Now, Denise, I'm on your side, but. I'm only going to be on your side if you're going to contribute to the show. Now, granted, me saying that sounds kind of, uh, you know, it it, it sounds a little bit hypocritical, but I'm saying that to say that not only you, but all of them need to get some business too, and they need to contribute as well. The next season of Beverly Hills needs to look entirely different. Can I just say one thing too? That last little, ooh, Eric, I th- <laughs> let me just go ahead and throw this out there because I think I've said it once before in the past. I think this was Erica Jane's last season. That whole moment when they gave her her little goodbye and she was in the car, it felt like very tensely to me. It felt very tensely tapping out to me. I think, I don't know. I'm thinking they, they're sending a little bit of a casting change to Beverly Hills, which in my opinion, is the best thing they can do and hurry up with it because, who, Lord, I mean... you do something. Can I also just say, I know I've, I'm really hard on Lisa Renner too sometimes, but I've always thought that Lisa Renner was a great housewife. But now I'm sick of Lisa Renner. Not even so much on the show. She's definitely a mean girl now on the show when she used to be, you know, just a funny, uh, nice girl. But she's definitely become the mean girl on the show. But that's not even my problem with it. I'm kind of getting sick of Lisa Renner on social media. You know, obviously, I follow all of the Housewives on social media because, you know, I, I run a corresponding Instagram page for this podcast. She, I mean, let's put the, the dancing aside because that annoys the hell out of me now, too. Because now that, I mean, that's constant multiple times a day. And now it's kind of feels like it's caricatures. And I don't I don't know if I I don't see it for the dancing. But even besides that, the thing that's really starting to tick me off, I have told y'all this i think i said it last episode i hate passive aggression if you have something to say say it if you want to say it to me at me call me direct me facetime me uh, uh uh we message me whatever you want to do get in touch with me i hate all that sub tweeting and hidden messages and all like that and i feel like she does that towards garcelle a lot and the thing is garcelle is over there securing business. She's the new host on The Real. Congratulations, Garcelle. She uh doing other stuff. She's got her podcast. and all. It feels like it, it, the most embarrassing thing in the world is when it feels like you're arguing with yourself. And that's what it feels like. It feels like Lisa Renner is spending all this time arguing with herself. And that annoys me to no end. It's like, girl, either put an ad on it or just let it the hell go. Because what I don't want is for this to carry over and we have to read this stuff all during the off season because then I'm not going to be interested in watching next season. I said what I said. Goodbye, Beverly Hills. We'll get back to this reunion next week because Lord, y'all have tired me to hell out this season. Jesus. Until next week, the door is closed on Beverly Hills. The Real Housewives of New York really didn't give too much this week. They were hilarious though. I will say that. They, I mean, uh, the really the big thing I'll pull from this episode is as long as Sonia is in New York, I'm, I'll am stick by New York. I think Sonia has put herself in a position to be the mainstay in New York. She's the most hilarious one to me. I don't want her to leave. She's I feel like she's way more valuable than Ramona at this point, because now Ramona has put herself in political positions to become kind of the opposition of the fans on the show, a lot of things that she says I feel like are for kind of shock value and everything, and it's all just Ramona, you know, I whatever. I say, all that to say, Leah had a party, and Sonya was the most hilarious thing at the party. Sonia, ooh, so many hot guys. And she's walking by the guys, don't worry, I don't buy. You know, all, walking past all these black men, just like rubbing them down. Ooh, oh my God, all the hot guys are here. See, that's why I like Sonia. We, you know, we love the housewives every now and then, like Heather DeBro that are just too, you know, too up in the air, nose super high, gaudy housewives like Heather DeBro that, you know, we understand don't do those kind of parties. But we love a versatile housewife, somebody that can go to the upper, upper east side and go to a, you know, a party with beluga caviar and, you know, and then go down downtown to a Leah party and really have a ball. We like a girl that can have a ball. See, I've said it once and I'll I've, I've say it a million times. The best thing about New York is that they're fun. I told you Dorenda has sucked a lot of the fun out of this season but apparently we don't to, we're don't have—we're not we not going to have to worry about that next season because she's announced her departure. When did we talk about that? Did we talk about that? Oh, we haven't talked about that this week. Dorenda announced her departure on Instagram like on a random Tuesday this week. It was the most random thing in the world. It stressed me out to know. Like I was literally just like, okay, Nene's about to make her announcement at any moment. I don't know what I'm about to do. This is so much. I'm not even like a Nini stan, but like I just recognize her top three status with like Teresa and Bethany. Like, so I need her to have like a huge send off if this is her thing. Like I made like a, a video collage for Instagram, like all this kind of stuff. I was like pre- definitely prepared for like this big announcement. So like this was a stressful week, but we will not have to worry about Dorenda sucking up the joy anymore. Apparently, you know, producers, once again, they're reaching out to all the fan pages and stuff. They were saying that Dorinda really, they said she was a mean drunk, basically. They said she'd get too drunk and she would just be mean to everyone. They said she mean to the cast. So it was hard to, you know, the women didn't want to get drunk with her. And, you know, New York relies on a drunk scene. So I don't know. Dorinda, uh, best of luck. I guess get back with John and dude, let him lay on top. Gotcha. <laughs> I You know what? Anyway. The big thing that happened at Leah's party, besides Sonia being hilarious, is Ramona versus Elise. Now, there are two things I really want to talk about here. One is that Ramona 100% took the bait. Elise, you know, uh, Elise went up to her and she's like, You're ignoring me? And she walked off, but then she turned around and let Elise confront her. And then what she did was she came and was like, you know, I'm I'm basically about to leave. And, you know, she let at least say all this, you know, horrendous stuff about her. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And then Ramona took her cue and exited. That's because Ramona did not want to be there in the first place. Ramona was ready to go. She took them gold pants that she wears every week <laughs> and she got her purse. She walked right out the door. She asked some random black man, can you get my car, please? I don't work here. Who the hell, who the hell are you? I bring that car around. I'm driving it home, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm driving that motherfucker home. And it. she definitely fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. The other thing, though, is Elise, I mean, Leah. Leah hyped Elise up, which makes me think that Leah knows what she's doing and she's doing her job well. See, a real cast member is not going to let you back down from a fight. they going to let you go to the fight. She knows that Elise got cut out a lot of the season. She's like, Well, Bishop, you want to be on the show next year? You got to bring something to it. Go, go talk to her. Go. Elise let uh Leah put that battery in her back. She wound up, energized the bunny, energized the bunny. And Elise went over there and read Ramona from top to bottom, to morning to evening, from uh, Mount Everest to hell. There was who they did that? But the funniest part was that Ramona didn't want to be there no damn way. So she, she took her cue and she left. She's like, well, I've been downtown. Let me go back up to Manhattan and meet this man that I was going to meet anyway in five minutes. The funniest part about that party though. I know a lot of that I just mentioned was hilarious. The funniest part of the party was when those balloons started popping <laughs> Luann and Dorinda both looked back, look, I, I know that moment. I've been in the club many a times when people got the shooting. I started running out of there just like everybody else in the club. Luann, let me tell you something. Luann was a black woman in her former lifetime. Not Diana Ross. You know, she she didn't do that spray tan and get the afro and all like that. Not that kind of black woman. But she was a black woman in her former life. That life she was ready. To, she was about to take off them cheap ass heels. <laughs> and she was about to run to the door. She thought they was about to get the shooting in there. Look, I don't blame you. You know, we can say a lot of things about that, about the perception of that. I'm Team Luann on that one. If I hear anything out of the ordinary at the club, I'm running. I've been in way too many clubs where they got the fighting, started shooting or something like that. Listen, that's my past life. I, I'm about to turn. This upcoming Saturday, I turn 31. I don't do that no more, okay? They just invited me to Las Vegas, though, for, for October. I don't I don't know how that's going go. to go. Y'all have to keep me in your prayers because... I don't, I don't know how that's about to really roll in my, uh, <laughs> you, we you just keep me in your prayers. I'm a little too old for that kind of shit, but I'm ready. But that's really it with New York. They had a couple of the fo- funny moments though, when, when Ramona couldn't figure out how to hang up their phone or she was pretending that she couldn't figure out how to hang up their phone, I really think she like her ass was trying to be nosy and figure out what Luann was talking about. I think she was trying to steal their book idea. Ramona's going to start writing a book saying, and then at the age of 25, I became a countess. And Ramona, you, you're lying ass. That's all right, though, Ramona. I, I'd be on their phone, too. And the sad part was uh, Luann couldn't figure out how to hang it up either. Child, if, if that's not... A literal embodiment of all of our parents trying to uh FaceTime and Zoom and all this other stuff, y'all trying to get y'all parents to do. Look, my mama don't do no kind of video chatting. If she wants something, you know, she just, she just started texting a few years ago. She don't even do that like that. I <laughs> I don't I don't need my mom on FaceTime. Okay, I'm a, I I come see you. Girl. You just get off of this. All right. And then, of course, Luann started singing at that dinner. Luann will take any moment to turn herself into the star. It don't matter if it's a uh, if she's at cabaret, at karaoke, at a children's birthday party. Luann go take the opportunity to get on the mic. She go either tell you about how she went to prison for three days, or she go tell you, <laughs> or she go, yeah, Luann. I can't help but to laugh at you. You and Sonya, as long as you Sonya and now Leah, because I love Leah too. If y'all three are there next season, I'm all good with it. From what we've been hearing though online, I think those four, everyone with the exception of Tinsley and Dorinda, obviously, are returning. I'm thinking they wanna they want to diversify New York a little bit. So they're probably going to add a couple of women of color maybe. I don't know if that means Latina. I don't know if that means African-American. I don't know if that means black. I don't even know if that means just younger. You know, sometimes when corporations say they want to diversify, they might be talking about their portfolio. So I don't know. But we'll see, though. I'm interested to see all the casting rumors start to pop up about New York because they don't need an overhaul. I think they got a solid core cast, but they could definitely do with some new cast members. Now that, you know the not there to suck out the energy in the room anymore i think that if they add three more you know new york has had up to eight housewives before so if they add three more in bring the total up to seven maybe bring elise back as a friend i i'm in for new york next season and now we get to talk about my favorite housewives <laughs> Of course, I'm talking about the Real Housewives of Potomac. Let's go go on over to Maryland. So the episode starts out. We see Candace doing some house shopping. Looks like she's finally gotten her uh, expectations under control because now she's gone from looking at $2.55 million houses to $1.2 million houses. Now, that looks like it's a bit more in their uh, price range. The fact that y'all still having cash bars at these parties, then... Yeah. You know, that that might be a little more on y'all budget. But the main thing in this scene is she talks to Chris about how she's not sure she wants to go to Monique's lake house, all because of the issues that they've been having, you know, this stuff back and forth. And Chris, you know, Chris really is a voice of reason, not just on the show, but in Candace's life specifically. They he tells her, you know, why would you not want to go? You're even if you're just beefing with Monique. There are a lot of women that will be there that you're still friends with. And you can take this opportunity to get on better pages with them, too. That Obviously, that kind of hits home for her because later on in the episode, we see that she does decide to show up. Uh, Then we see, you know, kind of Giselle. The big thing here is that she actually has to coordinate when she can see Jamal. And not even with Jamal. She's doing it with a woman named Ravi, who is Jamal's assistant. Now, see... That long distance shit. (laughs) When people ask me that all the time, my friends, I don't know. You know well, She's going to move here and I'll be there. And, you know, we we just, we love each other so much. I'm like, listen, I'm Wendy Williams in this situation. I'm like, break up in the name of love. I don't believe in that long distance stuff. But I guess I can't believe in it if it's you and your ex-husband. If it's you and the father of your children. You know, that's, I, okay. You used to be the first lady of the church. I get it. I'll let y'all coordinate them schedules. It seems like it's working for y'all. It's working for everybody except them daughters, really. Giselle, that's gonna have to be a that's gotta be a conversation. You still kind of avoiding it. You need somebody to help you figure out what's going on there because you know what? Family therapy would probably be a real good thing in this situation. If you and Jamal and those daughters w- went to a counseling session every time he's in town, that would probably help a whole lot because those girls don't always say exactly what they want to say they kind of you know they'll shade it a little bit they'll be open and honest when it's one-on-one but the group settings they don't really up and out exactly what they want to say sometimes so y'all being in that situation with a moderator will probably do wonders for y'all family give it a try you know i'm here i'm I'm Kendrick, the, uh, the family counselor, so I don't babysit no damn kids now, so don't call me ask me, can I babysit, but I help you with the kids. Kenny can Ken love the kids, okay? Then we get a little glimpse into, uh, you know, I always I always bring it up on the show. Whenever we get to see Robin interact with her sons, it, I, that's always like the highlight of the episode for me. I always laugh and crack up. Those two boys of hers, Corey and Carter, are Hilarious with them <laughs> them helping her pack, and then you know he jumped in the suitcase he was gonna go with her and he actually fit in that suitcase they cracked me up ooh but then we get to Ashley and Michael now see I wasn't even gonna bring this up because all this stuff really isn't important to the episode I just want to bring it up because there was something I could touch on in each one of those this one I'm bringing up to be messy because that man Ashley had the nerve on camera to say. Ooh, you really, uh, you're turning into an ass man, aren't you? When, uh, Michael was complimenting her body. Child, listen, Ashley, everybody except you knew that that man has been an ass man. Now I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I still, you know, I'm still trying to get into heaven. Uh, I, you know, I, I stamped my passport to hell a long time ago, but I'm trying to uh, get a new passport. I'm trying to make it into heaven, but you know, damn well that, that man has been an ass man. Now I'm going to leave it at that. Cause I'm not messy. I'm not now. See if I was Giselle, Giselle would have said, "See, from what we, you know, what they say in the streets, the word on the streets is he's been an ass man, grabbing all the asses of the producer." Now, see, I'm not gonna do that though. I am a fair person. I'm a nice person. I'm not gonna do that to you. I'm just gonna move on. Now, let me tell you something. Potomac, hands down, has the most hilarious producers there are. Every time this episode, they put captions. Under T'Challa, as if he was saying something, I hollered. They when they uh <laughs> when Giselle walked in and T'Challa said, "Hey, girl, listen," that was the funniest thing in the world. Now let's talk about this scene, not because of T'Challa, but because of Karen Huger. Now look. Y'all know I think a lot about Karen. I think Karen lies sometimes. I think, uh, you know, Karen can be uppity sometimes because I really feel like she knows Wendy but acting like she don't know Wendy and that's kind of bothering me a little bit saying how she isn't impressed with Wendy. Listen, but I'm going to give it to Karen. Karen is funny as hell. Every single, all seven of these women can be funny when they want to be but Karen, that was funny as hell. Karen was shocked that her, Monique, and Giselle were riding up to this lake house together. And us as the viewers, you know, that should be shocking to you if you've watched all these years too. Cause you know, Monique and Giselle have never really seen it for each other. But they're about to ride together. Karen says, hmm, they're starting to hang out more. And that's weird. I just hope that uh, she doesn't start to, you know, inherit Giselle's fashion sense, start rubbing up. Now look, Karen did a whole monologue reading the dog fuck out of Giselle. That was some funny shit. Now you know I don't have a big as big of a problem with Giselle's fashions as everyone else does. <laughs> now that interior design, we could talk about that all day long. I don't have a problem with the fashions as much. But Karen, that was hilarious. You must have went home and rehearsed that shit because that shit rolled off your tongue like uh like a Phaedra Parks read. That shit was hilarious. Especially because you know <laughs> this season especially People have been hard, hard on Giselle about them fashions, about uh, the inside of the house, everything, but (laughs) you must have, like, I don't know if your third eye told you that, uh, oh, that was Shay. I wasn't talking about your mole, Karen. I don't know if that third eye told you that them people was going to be talking about Giselle's clothes, but you went in on that lady so bad, I had to pause and laugh. That shit was funny as hell. So, Karen, I'm going to give you the moment of the week. That was fucking hilarious. So, after a few more antics, you know, T'Challa shitting while he's sitting on uh, (laughs) Monique's shoulder and all that kind of stuff, they finally uh, pack up the truck and they start heading to the lake house. The reason this is important is because Karen starts to get a sense that Wendy doesn't like her because Giselle and Monique both talk about conversations that they've had with Wendy Saying that, uh, one she didn't know that Karen was still having sex. You know, Wendy's exact words were, "She didn't know that Karen was still popping it on a, <laughs> popping that pussy on a handstand." And that look, that was funny as shit, Wendy, because he look Karen do try to act like her and Ray still be getting it in. The the way Ray be acting, uh, Ray looked like he be asleep by eight o'clock. So y'all got to be doing it at uh six in the morning, cause Ray is not hunching on you at ten o'clock at night like normal. You know, normal people, you know, like ten thirty, eleven them prime hunching hours i don't i don't see ray staying up that late karen so i'm kind of i'm i'm with wendy on this one i don't know if uh if you still popping it on a handstand or what but anyway they also discuss uh why ashley is bringing dean apparently ashley cleared it with monique ahead of time and wendy didn't know this but that comes up a little bit later and whoo does it come up so once at the house, you know they do the thing that all the housewives do. They begin picking rooms. You know, uh, Monique gives them a tour, so she kind of like you know tells them uh, the layout of the land or whatever. So first, after those three, Robin is the first to arrive. Robin said, "Look, I'm tired of y'all reading my ass about showing up late. I'm here. Leave me the hell alone. I didn't came. Now look, uh, let, let's get on Ash last or something because I'm actually here on time." Followed by Candace. Showing up like she was uh, Barack Obama. She had tinted windows and everything. I guess she wanted it to be a surprise. She was like, look, bitch, I came. Hey, uh, 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 mind your business, motherfucker. And then Wendy shows up. Those three uh, are there for a while. And then finally, Ashley walks in with the baby and best friend in tow. This triggers Wendy because Wendy's like, look, I sat there. I've been breastfeeding around the, the clock. I had to breastfeed in the uh, the car. and You know, I got some stuff I need to put in the freezer right now. Why did you bring your baby and it's supposed to be a girl's weekend? I 100% get that. On reality TV shows, you think people would learn by now. They always want to bring like a spouse, a cousin, a friend, in this case, a baby. Or, or no, actually, in this case, a friend and a baby. And it's like, well, damn, we had an entire different ambiance playing for this weekend but now we got to adjust it because you brought a baby so i'm team wendy on that one that causes it to jump all the way off between wendy and ashley ashley is wondering why it's such a big deal wendy explains to her well shit i could have brought my baby if that was the case i wouldn't i would have never thought to do that because they told me it was a girl's weekend." I did all of this to prepare so I could be present with the girls. Ashley tells the girl to mind her business. Wendy says, this is my business, and it goes down from there. Finally, Ashley stops engaging, and she left. Now, listen, there are two points I want to make about this. First of all, Ashley Darby does not get the credit she deserves for being a fantastic housewife. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Because some people might be like, no, Ashley's so annoying. Ashley this, Ashley that. Listen, from the moment Ashley stepped on this show, she has not been afraid, one, to argue. She hasn't been afraid to mix it up. She hasn't been afraid to bring up shit on camera. She, uh, everything. Ashley has been a catalyst in so many of these seasons. And Not only that, her marriage is suspect, which is always a great combination for uh <laughs> for the housewives. And not only that, Wendy is a fantastic addition. So we see off the off the bat, you know, we Wendy's smart. She has all these degrees. She uh has a fantastic job. She has a cute family. Her and her husband love each other. She's Nigerian. And we also see she's not afraid to mix it up. Now see, I don't like when new housewives get on here and then they become, you know, passive aggressive. They're too scared to say something in your face, but they'll say it in the confessional. That's not my kind of housewife. This was a match for the ages. Two housewives that were ready to go at it and were not going to back down. Now, that's what's up. Robin, you get another plug. That was hilarious. Robin talked about, I don't see what the big deal is. Wendy wanted to bring her third child. Shit, sometimes I can't even remember that boy's name. I'm talking about her second son, uh, Carter. Who? The, listen, Robin. I already know what you mean because all these damn nephews and nieces I get. And uh, little cousins and stuff. I be trying to think like, well, shit. Uh, wait a minute, which one is this one to get at? me, I just, hey, girl, come here, girl. You didn't get big, boy. Uh, uh, boy, how, how old is you? How your mama doing? Sound like, I really be sound like somebody's uncle at these family functions. Shit, that's why I don't show up no damn more. Anyway, what the hell am I talking about next? The next thing that really pops off is, well, not pop off. It was actually a good moment. Candace (laughs) jumps in that golf cart before dinner and goes over to have a mama with Giselle. And she actually wholeheartedly, adultly, I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to make it a word because we talk about how childish Candace is a lot sometimes. Side note, Candace is a fantastic housewife too, whether people want to admit it or not. Candace does her job. In this scene, she goes and she apologizes to Giselle. And not only that, she owns it. She, you know, Giselle tells her, Okay, I admit, you know, I might have given you a little pinch on the leg or something, but then you came with a machete and a shotgun and you were ready to kill me with your Twitter fingers. You know, they they talk about Candace uh, on Twitter all the time and Candace is ruthless on Twitter. Ruthless. So I get it. I mean, but Candace still, you know, normally in the past, this would be where Candace takes the time to go tit for tat with the argument, but Candace is like, "You're absolutely right. I deserve that. Let's uh, make amends." And they have a real moment, and they actually squash it. You know, Giselle tells her she slips it in there. Yeah, now you might be invited to my wedding again. Now, see, you and Jamal must be talking about something because we know she, the only wedding we knew about was uh Robin and Juan. So this whole thing you talking about, all right now, all right. I'm listen the way uh Karen. <laughs> The way Karen uh, got crunk with you at this dinner. Let's talk about this dinner. They do the game of curiosity, which is what Ashley and Monique came up with. I don't remember who. (laughs) I don't remember who popped off first. Whether it was, I think it was Candace's turn first. And Giselle, you know, they're going around. The purpose of the game was one person kind of sits in a hot seat, not really the hot seat, but everyone asks that person a question. And so, you know, it's really a weekend to try to reintroduce yourself to the cast members. Giselle's messy ass. Now, let me tell you something. One day, I'm telling you, I predicted now somewhere around maybe season nine, season 10, Giselle is going to be a contender for best housewife of all time. Giselle's ass is messy as hell. Giselle asked that girl uh, when they were talking about she, you know, she's talking about uh, C- Candace, talking about how she, you know, she was one of the few uh, African Americans at her school. That's why she wanted to study black studies. And then Giselle asked that girl, So is that why you got a nose job? Now, listen, you know, them people have been saying that Candace got a nose job for a while now. So I was with Giselle. I was like, Well, shit, I thought there was common knowledge. Everybody at the table looked baffled, and Candace was like, Well, hold on. Wait a minute. But notice, Candace didn't deny it. Candace, your ass got the nose job. And we all know it, too. You know, we sitting here thinking that it was uh, good contouring. Nah, that wasn't no damn contouring. But, you know, we're going to let you have it. Gisele, you messy as hell. She tell me, I thought it was common knowledge. Y'all didn't know that? Now, see, Gisele, you messy as hell. Wasn't even no reason to bring that up. But see, but see, when you messy, mess comes back on you. Because Karen go ask your ass when it was your turn. Well, you know, since Jamal cheated on you and had babies with other women, how is it being back with a man that did that? I'm just curious. Now, see, you motherfuckers be out for blood in Potomac. That shit is hilarious as hell. Now, see that? Giselle, see that? This goes back to uh, all the other housewives versus Beverly Hills because Giselle could have easily said, you know, I'm not doing that. not talking about that. The woman answered right up. She didn't know that it takes trust, you know, all this kind of stuff. She wasn't denying none of this stuff because she knows that's all out there. They got to talk about it. They put their stuff out there. Beverly Hills, we're going to have to... Y'all on life support. We're going to have to rehabilitate y'all, but, you know, uh, whatever. Let me move on, because I already spent a damn near half this episode reading y'all, and I didn't even think I had an hour's worth of time to spend on Beverly Hills. So, kudos to y'all, I guess. That was a good-ass finale. I'm going to give y'all that. That was a good-ass finale. And then the last point of the episode, once again it jumped off between Wendy and Ashley. Wendy was explaining her feelings about the whole situation. And uh Robin, you know, Robin doing what Robin does. She's like, well, do you think that warrants an apology? And Wendy's like, well, no, I don't feel like I did anything to apologize. About I you know, I said what I wanted. They kind of made a scene. What I didn't like was they kind of made a scene like Wendy was being uh like super angry. And, and I feel like It escalated when Ashley told her to mind your business. So she matched her energy. I don't know why they were trying to make it seem like it was all on Wendy, but who knows? That damn Potomac. I could watch y'all all all day long. Y'all are funny as hell. Y'all, this episode is going on an hour long. I'm about to wrap it up. As you can hear my voice, my voice is almost gone. I just want to know, what are your thoughts on the week? Were you expecting Dorinda? To hand in her resignation, quote unquote, her ass got fired. We're gonna let her have resignation. though. No, you know, I'm you know me, I'm such a nice person. We're gonna say that she, you know, resigned from the show. <laughs> are we uh were we feeling that Beverly Hills finale? I liked it. That was one of the best they've done. What are your thoughts about Potomac? You know, I always want to know. Go ahead, reach out to me, Housewives Marvel Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow me on Instagram how at Housewives Marvel Podcast. Reach out to me. I love talking and laughing uh, with you guys on there. You're always hilarious. I love doing the memes with you guys. Reach out to me. I don't bite. Just like someone, you don't bite them black men. I don't bite either. I don't bite white women. <laughs> if you're a white woman listening to this show, don't worry. I won't bite you. It's okay. Reach out to me, guys, and I'll talk to you soon. See ya. <laughs> Mary